Hello, hello, and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Rosile. I am the man with the mustache, and I am here with two <laughs> fine gentlemen, men themselves with some pretty cool haircuts. Got to give them that. We got C in the job. We got Joel Shrek here with us, and we are here to give you something but politics to talk about. We're here to make you money. We're going to talk some golf. We're going to have a blast, and we hope you enjoy it with us. Again, this boys, this is three weeks in a row. We ruined the World Series twice, and now I don't know if anyone's going to know who wins president. I mean, it's, it's going to be really confusing, but see, how you doing tonight, man? Yeah, so what you can do while you're watching our show, and sorry for distracting you from this election that <clears throat> people care so much about, but you can just go on the internet and toggle back and forth between our live stream, live stream and, you know, whatever uh, media outlet. So you don't have to watch, you don't have to watch anything on the news. So we're yeah. good. No, just, just stay here. I'll keep you up to date on everything. Definitely, we'll keep you up to date on everything. You got nothing to worry about there. Joel, how you doing tonight, buddy? Yeah, listen, I've been watching some of the, the election coverage today. It is really boring. Like, yeah, we mm-hmm. want to know who wins and we'll follow it, but you can't possibly be entertained watching that. So exactly. stay here, stay entertained. We'll find out who wins by the end of the night, but no reason to, to watch each yeah. second which, how many votes come in. Who cares? Exactly. At that point, I mean, what what the heck is good that's going to come from it? S guy. Already here, cashed two or three lineups on DK last week. Appreciate the hell out of you. What do you guys see here before we start? Well, I was just going to say, I saw S guy uh, chiming in here, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, love to have people listen and comment, uh, especially S guy who's very active in the chat. But yes, the important thing it. is not just that we're entertaining because God, we're so entertaining, right? It's that you can win money too. So here's S guy mm-hmm. coming in saying he cashed two out of three lineups in DK last week, which by the way is kind of remarkable because I got to be honest the way the wind was howling last week, like mm. it tore up a lot of my lineups. Like, you know, last week was probably, you know, normally a bad week is kind of like breaking even for me. But last week, I I think I actually, you know, I'm trying to think of like the NFL and because mm-hmm. it's all kind of grouped together, but I'm pretty sure I lost a few bucks. And a lot of my guys just got like taken out by the wind in the, uh, on the second day. So the people who won money, we had a lot of guys in the chat or at least a few guys in the chat that, um, showed some screenshots and they were really, really awesome. But uh, I wasn't one of them. You know, it was just a weird tournament. And I am really, 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 really happy that the Houston Open does not have uh, wind conditions. Normally, Mm. Texas does have some wind as a factor, but it's looking like it's going to be between like, you know, seven and 14 miles per hour tops here. So at least on Thursday and Friday. So that's very good news. We can kind of like really kind of hone in now. Yeah, and maybe we'll know who won president by then. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, it's Sia. I know I wrote him in my ballot. Um, no, thank you. And technically, I'm running for president now because you see, did that for me. That's so. how it works. I usually vote for Nicholas Cage. This year, I decided to vote for you, Sia. I think you can run the country. You're a lawyer. You're a doctor. I mean, what else do we need? Sincerely, it's insane. <laughs> nope, leave it there. Um, couple things. We got to get a few things, a little housekeeping. One, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the chat. Windelli Sports Betting Membership. We have been absolutely crushing college football and NFL. So make sure to come hang out with us. We got a daily capper. He knows what he's doing. Just just tail us. Put in a couple fun bets on your own because everybody loves betting the over every once in a while, right? I definitely lost some money on that this weekend. But I didn't lose a lot of money on the bets where we have house capper Steve give us the bet. So just pay attention to what he's doing. And of course, the Sports Gold Membership. Come hang out with us. If you really want, we have a Windelli Sports NFL Season Pass but you get everything on the site. It's NFL season pass. I don't know. Somebody's a marketing guy, not me, I guess. And we decided on NFL season pass, but it's for the entire site. So you get everything through the Super Bowl season pass. Make sure to check it out. So, oh, Joel, did I ask you how you were doing tonight? I don't remember. I think we were just stuck on Sia and his 
presidential race. I don't remember. Whatever. You're on mute now, so nothing we could do about it. Um, all right. Let's hop into it, I guess. Um, let's go to the Houston Open. We have our DFS. We have our betting. We're going to have some fun. No politics, but don't worry. I'll keep you informed. No, I won't, but I'll definitely keep you informed. So you need to know what you need to know. Um, Joel, I guess I haven't really talked to you too much. And I did, I'm not going to lie, I didn't put you in vice president. Now that I'm thinking, it would have just made sense. So I apologize for that. But Joel, what are you looking for at the Houston Open this week coming up? So you might not love what I'm looking for, but I'm just going to hit you with some truth. So this week is, for all intents and purposes, for me and my recommendation for everyone, is really just an appetizer for next week. Right? Mm. So. If you guys listen to us every week, right? I always say you got to play every week to prepare you. Like, if you're not playing every week, you're going to be behind. You got to know how guys are doing. And I also, I'm a big fan of the tournaments, right? There's certain tournaments I target. There's tournaments that I like that I want to go after. There's tournaments that, like, if they don't interest me, I'm not going to invest too much money in them because it's not worth losing money unless I know it's something that I like. The tournaments this week aren't great. Obviously, I can't not play. That's just. Like yeah, addiction is real. Me. I'm gonna play. <laughs> that can't not happen. But um, I'm not gonna put in my my normal amount this week. This is my primer. This is us getting ready. This is the preseason, because next week is where we're gonna be in home run. Right. Next week's the Masters. Next week is where it all boils down to. We want to get no injuries this week. We want to be healthy as we can be going into Masters week, where we all make a killing. So keep that in mind for this week. My whole mentality is be as prepared as I can this week. Start the wheels in motion. Because next week I'm going to become a billionaire. Keep that mind sharp. I really like that, Joel. I really like that a lot. Sia, what are you looking forward to with the Houston Open? As Joel said, with the Masters, right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really look at it the way Joel does, but I totally understand it. I mean, just just purely if you think about the tournaments that are being offered this week versus what will be offered next week, I mean, it's a whole different ball game. You can really get creative with your buy-ins and tournaments and things of that nature. But no, I mean, I treat this like any other one. I mean, to be honest with you, the, the lesser the field from a talent standpoint, the more interested I am in in actually trying to put in lineups and make money. And I think part of the reason there is because when you have all of the elite golfer, golfers in the field, it's really hard to separate, you know, the top tier guys. And I don't mean just like those, the five most expensive. I mean, mm -hmm. like the top, like 15 guys. I mean, there's just not a lot of separation there. But when you have a tournament like this, where you've got like four or five or six guys that are like elite, I can just kind of rule out a few and take some chances on a couple and then really get into the guys I really like. And you'll notice, like, if you look at my write-up on windowlysports.com, there's a lot of guys I like in that like low 8K range, in the 7K range. So to me, that's where you can get an advantage. It's not necessarily at the top. It's sort of in that middle range. And I think in a tournament like this, the middle range has some guys that can pop. Some and guys I, that can pop. What do you got? I want to comment on that quickly. So C is 100% right in what he's saying. Is that these smaller fields like this, there's definitely ways where you can get more intricate and be a little bit more strategic on how you target this field. Though I think one of the reasons why this field is, and listen, it's still Tuesday. A lot can change by the time Thursday rolls around. But I think one of the reasons why, for me, I'm a little hitting, pumping the brakes on this field also is because it's one of those courses that there's basically no course history. So I think that's a major stat point that I look to to where I target people. And if I can't get that right now, basically all we can really go off of, because if you look at this course as well, it's not going to favor long drivers that much either. It's pretty neutral. So uh, like every course, right, your um, iron play, your approach is, is the thing to target. So for the most part, we're just going off of recent form. That's actually all we really can use to use on this course. So that's another reason for me why I feel like there's not as much data that I normally go off of this week that I normally would use. I like it. 
And um, let, let's jump in right before we do. I do have to have, we have some sad news, gentlemen. Uh, so everyone, please bow your head in a moment of silence. Harry Higgs has taken himself out of the Houston Open. It is very disappointing. Um, I think we're going to cope. But uh, yeah, if we all could just moment of silence for uh we actually kept calling him henry last week um, you did i tried to correct <laughs> you but you guys Steve were corrected us but we just we just blew right <laughs> through that and just kept going with harry so moment of silence for harry and we hope he feels better with whatever the heck happened to him i don't even know if it was covid related honestly i don't it was probably, I, it, was, his it was probably his ldl levels uh, <laughs> yeah, harry you're free this week you want to come on the pod if you're watching please come <laughs> Hang out with us on the podcast. So, yes, he will be out of the tournament, unfortunately. All right. I'm crying. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, all right. Let's let's <laughs> let's rock and roll with it. See you. Talk to me about this top range. Some guys we're starting to see come back. Tony Finau, if I'm not mistaken, he was out the last couple of tournaments. He had the, the, the vid as well. Bricks Kepka. I don't know if he had surgery or if he's just been hanging out, wherever the hell he's been doing. He's just got to get ready. I mean, let's be honest. He only plays it. Um, championships anyway right he only plays at the majors anyway dustin johnson of course talk to me about this top tier range sia uh because we actually know some of these guys kind of nice so dj oh, so dj and now like both had the covid but uh Fino actually played at the zozo so he's been re- okay. covid removed if you will for a few weeks now and at the zozo he finished 11th there is a like some similarity from the zozo to to this tournament and the reason i say that is because the zozo was one of the few courses that had Five par fives and five par threes. That's the exact setup you have here. You have five par fives, which is a little unusual. Typically, you would only have like mm-hmm. three or four. Uh, so you have five par fives and five par threes here. So I, I, I'm not saying that's a course comp, but it's just something to note that if you are really good at scoring on par fives, you know, or if you're really good at scoring on par threes, like Stuart Sink is. So those are, you know, kind of important things to keep in mind that you can attack these par fives. There's a par four that you can attack in terms of trying to get it there. So I think Joel's right. Being long here isn't a huge deal, but being really good with your long irons, like the 150 to 175 range or 150 to 200 range, which you can, you know, we can provide some, some of that information Mm -hmm. for you in discord and stuff like that. And maybe in our articles, but that's something you could, you know, just go on PGA tour.com also and, and kind of like segregate those, those mileage markers as well to see, you know, who's good there. But of this top tier, I'm fading DJ and, and Kepka for the most part. I do want to note that Kepka was a consultant on this course in terms of like building out this course. I don't know if you really want to factor that in. I mean, yeah, I guess it factors in a little bit, but he's a consultant, you know, he didn't build the course. So mm-hmm. just something to, to take note of. He's certainly familiar with the course, which given what Joel said about course history is notable because he helped sort of, build it in a sense, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not going to roster him because of that. I think a lot of people will, I think they'll just throw that, like that word out, like, Oh, you know, he, you know, he was a consultant and that's just going to be their ticket to like, you know, rostering Kepka. Is that, I, is that new? Is that piece of information? Is that like one of those, like, I got a stat for you this week and everybody on planet earth kind of knows it. Yes. Love absolutely. Those. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. Love it. Sounds good. That, Appreciate that. That's something that's sort of frustrating. The other thing that's frustrating me is people will, a lot of these podcasts, uh, and touts, if you will, it will be like Lonto Griffin won it last week, but just so you know, it's a di- I mean, last year, but but it's a different course than um, you know what this is actually like. A, Houston opens at, at a different mm-hmm. course now than it was last year. So my whole thing is like, why are you even bringing that up? And and don't lead with Lonto won it last year. Lead with this is a different course, but just so you know, Lonto won mm-hmm. it last year. 
that's just I, an, an annoying I thing. I think we did that with Tiger Woods a couple weeks ago, didn't we? At the Zozo, if I'm not mistaken, didn't we? We did. Okay, cool. Anyway, keep going, Steve. I got you. Appreciate <laughs> so, you. Appreciate you. Long story short, the, the guy that like I'm not gonna like go too long here. All these guys are good for different reasons. I mean, if if I had to pick a few that I liked, it would be probably Finau, Hideki, and Terrell Hatton. But the one that I'm going to be rostering the most is Terrell Hatton. This is a course that. First of all, Hatton of all these guys, I think can get hot. I think he's the type of guy that can get hotter than really anybody in the world in terms of stringing birdies together. He's in really good form. And the one thing that gives me a problem with Hatton is sometimes he can get a, like a little hot under the collar, if you will, and he just doesn't really like keep his composure. He's sort of had a history of that. He's not the only one on the PGA Tour that does that. But this is a relatively easy course that I don't think that's really going to be an issue for him. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really kind of narrative building a little bit, but uh, I, of these five guys in that top 10,000 and above range, Hatton's my guy. I love it. I love it. Um, S guy chiming in Hatton is in great form under the radar type guy. Hard to be under the radar when you're in that 10 K range, but I see where you're coming from. Maybe he'll be a little less owned. We appreciate your comments. What do you got? See ya? Well, just before we get to Joel, so it's interesting because I thought that too, but his his ownership percentage looks like it's about 20%, which isn't Whoa. super, it's not super surprising because this is the elite range, but it's it's where Tony Finau and Dustin Johnson mm -hmm. are. The, the, the guy that's lower in this range is Brooks Kepka, interestingly enough, given the mm -hmm. stat I just told you about, and Hideki Matsuyama. So they're at like 10% and about 14%. Hatton's the next highest with Dustin Johnson at around 19%. So there he's not go, exactly like a you know hidden gem, if you will, mm -hmm. at this point. There you go, S guy. And I'm not gonna lie, do we remember S guy's name? I want to say it's like John, maybe Joe. I can't remember. I'm sorry, dude. Tell me again in the chat. We would appreciate it. Joel at Draftmaster Flex. Talk to me a little bit. What do you got in this top tier? Yeah, so I think for, for me this week, um, I'm taking a little bit of a different approach. I think I'm gonna it's be Joe. a little bit more it's Joe, Joe by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna appreciate say you, Joe, Joe in fairness. Gonna forget it. I can't wait that. for next week. <laughs> um, I was, you know, this is a field that I would typically like would be a little bit more stars and scrubs by the look of things, but um, I just don't love the scrubs this week. So uh, I do like the stars. So I'm going to try and fit someone, one or two top guys, wherever I can. But I'm going to try to avoid the super low as much as I can, because I do think there's a middle area that, that you want to be targeting. So that's kind of my, my, my mindset approaching this. Like I said before, there's not a course history to go off. The last time a tournament was played here was like in the 60s. So the only guy that's actually played there before is Phil. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, no. but So we don't have that to go off of. Uh, we, we, all we really have is course history and like basically how some of these guys hit the ball. And really keeping in mind that basically this is just a primer for them, even for the Masters, because that's what they really care about. Is they want to win the Masters, so no one's you know writing home about winning at the Houston Open. They're writing home about winning at the Masters and getting their green jacket. So, um, with that being said, I think the, an interesting thing to think about is Cup because the he did help create the course. It's got to help for something, right? He's got to have a little bit more intricate detail on the course than other guys. Like everyone's going to be on the same disadvantage and that no one's going to be super familiar with this course unless you're from Texas, maybe. So and this hasn't been played that much, or at least he's going to have that extra familiarity these other guys don't have. Um, as we all know, he kept really saves himself or tries harder or whatever it is at big events. And this isn't one of them, but uh, I think at a really low ownership, that could be an interesting way for you to get different for a guy that basically helped create the course and you can get low ownership and, and a, a really elite golfer. Um, I do like that. I my, my favorite play this week, actually, if I had to take one to win the tournament, it would be Terrell Hatton. So I'm fully with you on that one, Sia. What, one of the things I'm looking into, if we were to use data on our picks, is uh, approach shots. So 
like we said, off the tee won't be the most important stat this week. And Terrell Hyatt, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I, I had this stat memorized. I might be mixing up the two, but he, I think he said I saw he was top ten in approach shots between like 120 and 150, and he's like first in 175 to 200, which are probably the most likely shots that will be on this course with par fives in the length. So for those reasons, his game actually really suits well for this course. Um, and like you said, you, this guy's a guy that's, that can get hot and get birdies in bunches. Um, he is definitely capable of pulling out an eagle here or there. So this could be a, a spot for him to really excel. In this range, the guys that I'll mention that, that I'll be on my radar are Hatton. I like Kepka as a tournament ownership player. Like if he's low and, you know, we know he built the course, that's great. Um, and I like Fino. Fino's just been so consistent recently. I mean, I think he's a good way to fit him into your lives. The problem with Fino and with Johnson is just they're so expensive that they really kind of have to win the tournament to, to pay off. So, um, one, I don't think you can play both of them because it's just too hard to build a lineup playing both of them. So you pick one, and then if they win, they'll, they'll cash. But if you're going to be playing a lot of lineups, just know if you're playing them, they pretty much have to win for them to be worth their salary. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Just one thing, a couple things of note on Brex Kapka. We all know he is a very big fan favorite. He's played once since August. Um, we're in November. So he played once last month at Shadow Creek, the CJ Cup. Did all right, tied 28th, nothing too crazy. Um, and then his betting odds, while he is the third most expensive, he's also, he is tied for the third. Uh, he's actually f- tied for fourth best odds at plus 2,200 with someone like Scotty Scheffler, who is actually an entire $1,000 cheaper here on DraftKings. Again, just something to note. Don't take that into play. I mean, take it into account, do what you want with that information, but there's a reason the odds are what they are. And as we talk about pretty much every week now, it's something to look at. If there is a tiebreaker or whatever reason, or you have a couple less dollars and you're looking to do things. Make sure to pay attention to that stuff. It's not the end-all be-all, but something like that I think is pretty important to uh, to check out. Sia, you looked like you were going to say something. No, no, I, I agree. I, I actually think that's a really good uh, example of looking at pricing versus odds. This guy right here. All right, let's rock and roll. Um, Joel, talk to me a little bit about this 9K range. It's nice. We got some guys that we like. Mr. Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, Henley, Sanjay, Adam Scott. Talk to me. What yeah. Do like? Who do you like? What do you love? So, again, I think the interesting thing about this range is there's actually a couple guys in here that I like who, who I'm going to talk through, but I don't see a big, big difference between this range and uh, the 8,000 range. So, you know, that doesn't mean fade it. I just think, you know, you can, you know, mix and match. I wouldn't go over heavy just because yeah, I think you can get a lot of similar value guys a little bit cheaper in the 8,000 range. So, in this grade, who I like the most is Hovland. Uh, reason for that is, and I know Sia loves Hovland too, I'm sure he'll mention, but he's been really consistent. I think even more so than I think at first glance you would notice. Um, he's showing up every every week. I think where his weaknesses are are things that are typically what we target. Right? He's not the best putter. So, like, listen, if his putter gets hot for a week weekend, he can win a tournament. That's the type of stuff that, like, we're okay with. Um, his ball striking has been very elite. And actually, to be honest with you, he's been scoring and playing really well. And his ball tracing averages are a little bit lower than are typically him. So you, you're expecting a little bit of positive regression. And if that all comes together on one weekend, this could be the one where he wins. Um, a guy like Hovland, you know, there's no like real statistics about this, but a guy like Hovland is a guy that like I can see winning this tournament. I just kind of feel like he's a little young and raw still to kind of win in the Masters. So this feels like a good spot for him to show up, get his spot in. I think next week, I don't, he might not even be allowed to play in the Masters next week. I actually look at No, that. I think he's in I the Masters. Think he's 
Oh, he isn't. Okay. I, I think see there's is, yeah. two. There's two guys that are surprises that aren't invited to the Masters. So that are like normally like very up there guys. I'll look into it. I'll get back to you guys. But um, yeah. So for that reason, I, I, I like Hovland this week. I think Scheffler, as we all know, like he got super hot. He got COVID. Things cooled off. He's starting to come back around. So for that reason, I like him. Don't love him, I think. But I think, you know, if he's in his purest, like hitting the ball well form, he's one of the best golfers in the world. He can win any tournament. So if he's getting there and if he's starting to strike the ball, uh, you know, you know we, the way we know he can, then this would be a good a good bounce back spot for him. Also, double check. Do is I think Scotty Chef was from Texas or in, close to the area, so this might be another spot um, where this could be an interesting. Maybe he has some you know relative um, familiarity with the course. Henley is another guy who's just been too good recently. So you know he's a guy that in a normal you know three months ago he's two thousand dollars cheaper, at least fifteen hundred. So he's, you know, his price is, is adjusted according to his form, but his form is so good. I, I would not recommend fading in by any means. Uh, I think he's someone that should have a healthy share, you know, just because how, how well he's been playing as of late. For the most part, this range, I'm, I'm probably, that's probably the most I'm looking at. Maybe a share or two of Sergio, maybe a share or two of Adam Scott, but for the most part, that, that's about all I'm looking at in this range. I love it. So, uh, yes, Scotty Scheffler is born in, from Dallas, 1996. Dude looks like he's 35. So, yikes. <laughs> um, another interesting note for Mr. Henley at 9,400 here over on DraftKings. He's actually tied for the third best odds at plus 2,000, only behind Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Tyrrell Hatton, and tied with Hideki Matsuyama. So, that's interesting. Again, just very interesting. Curious, you know, who these. European sports books makers are, but it's something to pay attention to. See ya. What about you for this Nike range? Yeah, I'll be really quick here. Hovland's my guy for sure. I don't have a lot of guys I like in this range, similar to Joel. Um, Tita Green Hovland is just so good, and he's he's sort of always good. His 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 weakness is around the green, sometimes putting, just like anybody else. But his around the green game is starting to come around, but it's definitely not as strong as as some of the other guys in this range. The thing about around the green though is, so just just to understand like the course layout a little bit so the greens are pretty big um there's a lot of like sloping in the green so you're gonna have to be a really you're gonna have to like navigate once you're using the putter it's you got to be kind of a good putter to to have success here so the the short of it is if you are getting caught around the green you're probably not going to win this tournament like mm. in other words like you kind of have to be on point and get it on these like relatively big greens and then be able to putt to really be successful here and hovland's the type of guy that can do that so as much as a, as his around the green game kind of makes me nervous if he's around the green and not on the green then it's it's a lost cause anyway as far as i'm concerned uh, at this particular tournament so i like hovland a lot i'm not i'm not messing with scheffler i mean he flashes a you know for showdown, I think Scheffler's fine, but I, I don't trust him for four days. Henley, I really don't like for, for a couple reasons. One is because his price, he's finally like in this sort of like semi-elite range, which which is fitting given his recent form, like Joel said, but it's still really high. Also, his ownership percentage is really high. He's he's over 20%. And when you can get like a Hovland at 15%, or if we go down to like Sungjae at 14%, you know, that 
that's a pretty big difference. So not only am I paying the high price tag, and Joel, you might not know the ownership percentage like right now. So I'm kind of just informing you of that. But knowing that ownership percentage and his price tag, like it's just not for me, in spite of the fact that his recent form has been very good, maybe in cash, that's something to consider. Um, I don't think I'll have much of Adam Scott or Sergio. Um, Sergio won a tournament recently, but I still don't trust his putter, even though it was obviously good in that tournament. So the rest, Jason Day is a fade. So maybe one or two shares of Adam Scott and Sergio, but this is largely a Hovland range for me. Yeah, I was going to ask about Jason Day and it didn't seem like either of you guys were going to bring him up, but I kind of assumed it was going to be a fade and here we are. Fade in Jason Day. We should call him Jason Knight. Mm, let's work <laughs> on that. We should work on that. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's like the first draft. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on. See, talk to me a little bit about this 8K range. I see Lonto Griffin. I see Doc Redman. I see Jordan Spieth. I'm kidding, uh, but I do see him there. Shane Lowry, a couple guys that we know and love. Uh, talk to me a little bit about them. Yeah, I love Jordan Spieth. Just kidding. Oh, uh, you yeah. should work on your delivery too, I guess. Sorry, huh? yeah. We can bad. all get better. We can all get better. <laughs> so listen, Lonto has actually been really good. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of shares of him, but I, I can't deny that he he certainly has some upside. I think this price is actually pretty fair. He's he's ranging in that 15, 16% range, which is, which is pretty high for this range. So just know that, that he's a pretty popular guy. Speaking of popular, this guy's over 20% ownership and, and he'll stay at over 20%. I'm pretty sure. Doc Redmond at 8,800. Great for cash, first of all, but Great for tournaments too, even though this is a high ownership percentage. I really like Doc Redman in general. You guys know I, I talk about him a lot. You know, again, another guy that's good tee to green, but particularly on approach. His recent form has been really good. I, I'm trying to see here. Last week, where did he finish? Fourth last Fourth. week. So he's been in good shape. So I, I like Doc Redman a lot. I think Corey Connors is interesting. I'm fading Zach Johnson, fading Brian Harmon, even though he has been pretty good as of late. Fading Spieth. Siwoo Kim, not really interested in. Um, good ball striker, just just you got to fade some people, so not interested there, or Lowry. But at the bottom of this 8K range, I did mention this at the top of the show, bottom, top, you see what I'm doing here? I'm, no. Sorry, I don't know what I'm what? doing. Cameron Davis mm. uh, at 8,100 is, is a really, I think, smart play. Now, his ownership percentage is pretty high, too. It's like 17 18% at this point, and it's not going anywhere. It'll be probably close to 20%, so this might be sort of chalk to fade, but I do feel like I need to point him out because he's made seven cuts in a row. He's a long hitter. He's definitely going to be able to attack these par fives. He's just like the prototype. I don't want to say he's mispriced because I don't think he is, but this is the type of guy that we could see in like four or five weeks, all of a sudden, like carrying with a similar field, like an 8,700 mm -hmm. uh, or an 8,600, 8,500, as opposed to an 8,100. So I'm kind of speculating there, but I think he has the talent to get there. The next guy I like that nobody really talks about, but unfortunately, I did hear him on a podcast I listened to, and I was really upset about it because I was like, oh, this guy is like, this guy's like a gold mine right now because his recent form has been so, so good. And that's James Hahn. Um, his last three tournaments, which have all been recent, fifth, sixth, and ninth. That's three top tens. Ooh. And these aren't all just like garbage fields. This is like, you know, real tournaments um, all in the last you know, month and a half, I believe. So the thing is, what you have to understand, and the reason why we never talk about him is prior to that, he had missed six out of seven cuts. So like clearly something has changed in his game, and I'm hoping there's consistency there. This is a great price for a guy that clearly has upside with three top tens in his last three tournaments. So um, all the metrics, you know, you know, bear out here. And then the last guy, of course, Stuart Sink. That's kind of my guy. He's been really good. He didn't, he had his son on the bag when he won a few weeks back or about a month ago. 
And then his son wasn't on the bag and he just kind of like middled a little bit. Son back on the bag last week and he did great. So I think that, you know, again, that's a little narrative building here, but like that's clearly made a difference because Stuart Sink is not some guy that's like always killing it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. one thing to consider is on par threes, his par three scoring, I think is actually best in the field. So while he's not a long hitter to really take advantage of the par fives, it doesn't mean he can't, but he's not likely to. Um, He is really great on the par threes. And again, with his son being on the bag and at 8,000 and under 10% ownership, I think that's a guy to roster. And there's a lot of par threes, right? We have uh, we have a few of them, if I'm not mistaken. Five, yes, I thought five. so. Uh, five, five, five par threes. Um, so a couple pieces of information. Looking up James Hahn's information. Yes, he had three top tens since uh, the Safeway. So the Safeway, the Corrales, and Shriners. Uh, he didn't golf in in August. He pretty much took the entire month of August and almost the whole month of July off. So I respect him for getting right. Maybe he did something. Maybe he did something. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's interesting. And then Joel, I have to ask you before we talk about this 8K range, are you better at golf when your son, like, is your caddy? So I would say for sure. Uh, yeah. It's definitely a big improvement for me, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because I'm terrible and my son's like 17 months old and he can't yeah. do anything. Mm-hmm. So it just can't happen. So yeah. as long as I don't play, I can't gain strokes. And if I don't gain strokes, you can't beat me. So I love therefore, it. better. I mean, the, the whole point of golf is less, right? So the, exactly. the less shots you take, the better. It's like the opposite yeah, of that whole Michael Jordan thing, right? If less is more, <laughs> think about how much more and more would be. Jesus. So. Got my mind in a pretzel. <laughs> I'm going to try and unwind my brain for a second. Joel, do you want to tell us about the AK range? Yeah, yeah. So this range, you know, and what's interesting about this, the build of this tournament is the 10,000 range, the 9,000 range, and the 8,000 range just all feel a bit smaller in terms of volume than than kind of normal weeks to me. So there's just less options. So there's really kind of – it makes it easier for you to narrow down your player pool. Who are your guys? Who are your targets? So even in this 8,000 range, you know, it's a smaller field. And there's a few guys in here that are easy fades for me. There's just kind of no reason to target. So it kind of narrows down who, who I do like and who I want to go after. Uh, first guy I want to mention is Lanto Griffin. So for context – Lanto's a guy who is normally never on my radar. I'm not a guy that plays him. Uh, he's just been too consistent. He's 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 coming week in, week out. Um, he didn't play at the Bermuda, but he got tied for 11th at the Zozo, tied for 7th at the CG Cup. He didn't make the cut of the Shriners, and then you know those of the recent tournaments he's played, he's been doing really well. And and that's his thing is consistency. Like he has less of the top tens and just a lot of top thirties. So he's always making cuts and getting you there. So he's a good kind of lineup builder because he usually is in a lineup that will that can get you points definitely a cash option maybe not as high as, as a gpp but definitely a guy that should be on your radar this week um i i like doc this week doc is coming off a tie for fourth um his recent form he, he didn't play the week before at the zozo or the cj cup um so his recent form is really isn't there because he, he only has that one tournament but he did get a tie for fourth and he's normally one of the best ball strikers so definitely not someone to fade uh, I generally think Corey Connors is a little bit overrated. It's not a guy that I, I like to target. He could be interesting at, at low ownership here at this price, but probably won't be someone I'll be looking too much for. Um, Zach Johnson's interesting. He's typically a guy I fully don't target, but when he has played recently, he's done really well. Um, the He hasn't played the last few tournaments, but he played the Shriners, tied for 19th, he has a tied for 23rd. I think he's another one of those guys that's probably more likely, like definitely a strong cash play. You know, he'll probably make the cut, get you a top 30, 
you know, win the tournament? I don't know. So maybe I wouldn't have him as highly owned in uh, GPPs. Um, Harmon, I, I probably won't be playing too much of. I like Spieth. I think what's interesting about Spieth is this. His price came up, which is a little bit less attractive. But the difference with his game is that he does score well. So a, a Spieth finishing in 30th place in DK points is could be better than, mm-hmm. you know, the average guy finishing in 20th. So I think that's what you have to look at with Spieth, especially in a course that has five par fives and five par threes. He can use that to kind of boost his scoring even more. So I wouldn't get Spieth because it's a DK scoring player. And this is a course where he can really score well. Um, I don't think he's going to win the tournament. I don't think he's going to get top 10, but I do think he can get the points, uh, which is what we'll need to, to cash in DFS. So, that's what I'm looking at in this range. The last guy, actually, I will mention is uh, Siwoo Kim. And, and I will mention Cameron Davis, too. So I'm going actually getting through the whole gamut here. I was um, going to say, wasn't that pretty much just everybody at this <laughs> that's, point? That's pretty much everybody. I can't okay. hold back. Uh, <laughs> so Siwoo Kim um, is a guy that, you know, like we always mention, is, one of the, is in that category of gets hot, is streaky. He's with your Ryan Palmers, your, um, you know, your your – Mm-hmm. Domins, your yep. Benny Ann. So uh, he can do that for you. He's definitely one of those guys. You play a lower amount, but if you're building 10 lineups, put him in one or two because he can come through and, and definitely get you a top five this week. Um, and, and you know, the, statistically, how he strikes the ball this week for Cameron Davis is not going to be like – it's not like a course fit for him. But he's another one of those guys that, you know, he can kill the ball. He'll have a few eagle opportunities here. He's one of the longest drivers on, on the course. And his form is, is good in that, um, you know, he has a tied for sixth in the last, you know, five tournaments he's played. He hasn't played all that much, but this is a place where I think, let's see where the ownership is on Thursday. If it's low, he's, he's a good spot to get different as well. I love it. I love it. Guys, remember when Jordan Spieth was good? That was like so cool. No. And now, you know, you know I mean, it was, I mean, it was a couple of years ago, but I mean, outside it was, of him. It was him, a few years ago. It was a couple. It was a couple years ago, and then he did that thing. He he did that thing at that Masters, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" And then he pretty much like got drunk, and then had to put a green jacket on someone else. It was pretty awkward, honestly. (laughs) It's pretty uncomfortable. But hey, here we are. Now he's kind of just some throw in that we talk about every once in a while. Kind of sad. So yeah, that is the entire 8K range. It looks like Joel is going to be on everyone. So good luck. Fitting them all into your lineups, guys. Good luck on that. Um, also, of course, Sia already has his article out, so make sure to check that out on windailysports.com. He's a little bit more um, concise, may I say that, Joel? Is that is that an okay word to use? Uh, he's he's a little bit more deliberate with his picks. I, no, I'm kidding, of course. Joel wins a lot of money, so we really, who the hell am I to say? Um, Sia already has his article out. We're going to have another article out by Antonio. Make sure to hop into the Discord chat, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert chat, where then Joel is going to give us some showdown plays. Everybody likes those. We also talk betting in there, too. So why not? Seven free days in the expert chat. Not that big a deal. Might as well enjoy it. Um, Joel, talk to me. How about this? You can't tell me everybody in the 7K range. Give me your favorite 15 guys. How does that sound? <laughs> All right, listen. Can't narrow down to 15, but I'm uh, narrowed down okay. to just 30. 30. Okay. All right. No All right. More That's than... fine. That's fine. <laughs> totally um, so the 7K range, in fairness to me, is actually a range I'm telling him really. So I won't make everyone fall asleep. And, you know, we will figure out who the next president is before I'm done. <laughs> kind of going through the 7K range, I promise you that. But um, for for here, I think who I am targeting, I, I do like Denny McCarthy. Um, I think this is a really good spot for him. I think he easily could have been in the high eight, so I think we're getting a discount in this field. Um, he has a tied for fourth last week. 
His recent form is really good. At the Sanderson, he had tied for six. So um, he can he's, he's one of those guys that can easily get hot. And for GPPs, he's definitely someone I'd want to put in my mix. Um, I also like Alex Noren. I mentioned him a lot. His form has been pretty good as of late. He guys are tied for 17th at the Zozo. He hasn't played all that much. Um, so it, it's hard to take too much of the recent form, but he, he's been playing well. I've been on him recently for the last few tournaments that he's played in. So, um, again, he's a GPP shot, uh, especially with low ownership. I certainly like him. Howell Varner really surprisingly missed the cut last week, which to me is interesting because I think that will lower his ownership. And I think if he goes low enough, I think he could be an interesting way to get different. Because if you remember, he was the most ex- one of the most expensive plays. Now, it was a different field. It was a really weak field. This isn't a great field either, though. This is, you know, this has a really strong top six or eight. After that, it's similar to last week, right? There's really not much else to report on after the top. So I think this could be a way where people might be down on Varder because he missed the cut last week. I think he can have a nice bounce back here where um, maybe his ownership will be really low and you're getting a little bit of a value because he did disappoint. So I think this is that he's a good way to get different. Um, other than that, Gooch, I'm going to drop down a little bit. You know, he's been playing way better than I think his normal. And you'll notice that's a, his salary is adjusted. Him and Wyndham Clark, they're both par- paired up here in the same salary uh, point. And both of them in a normal week are 6,600, 6,400 type guys. So they're priced up, um, which can be awkward and, and hard to pay up for. And guys that you typically see way lower on the spectrum. But I think that uh, Wyndham Clark more so than Goose, but both guys, I think, Recent form, which is really all we can go off of in this course, is good. So they're, they're definitely guys to have on your radar. Um, Joel, before uh, you hop on, see, do you have the ownership numbers for yeah. Gooch and for Clark? Barter. Because as as Joel was saying, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, you, do you have those? Because that's interesting yeah. because, yeah, they're way priced up at that point. Yeah, Varner is tracking. He's probably going to be right around 10% by the time it's all said and done, maybe a touch higher. Um, Taylor Gooch is going to be, it's looking like 8 to 9%. Hmm. And then it was Wyndham Clark the other one? Yeah. Yep. Um, that's looking at about 10%. Okay. Is that so weird? Of those three, knowing that, um, I, I that makes me, I, I, don't, I like Varner less. I don't think he should be that high. I think he should have get, maybe get a discount. Though, like, with that information, the guy I like the most is Wyndham Clark. Uh, I think we're getting the guy who's probably in the best form right now uh, at the lowest price point, if not equal. He got second place at the Bermuda, 13th at the Shriners. Um, I think he's a guy whose form couldn't be better. And if you're going to get him, I think 10% is reasonable for him. At ten percent for the other two, I'm probably not going to be as interested. Interesting. Um, what about the rest of the seven K range? Anybody else? Yeah. So, so the the to breeze through. I do like JT Poston. Um, he's he's been coming around. Uh, you know, he was one of those guys that early in the season was probably at eight thousand to nine thousand green golfer. He was really playing great. He got really cold. He was pretty bad for a while, um, and that really dropped him off. And now he's he sends it again back into form. He's He's put together a few good tournaments more as of lately. So he, he is a little bit between like he hasn't, he's not as good as he was early in the year, but he's definitely playing better And for a guy trending up. I think this could be an interesting spot for him. And then from there, you'll start noticing these names. Right? I think starting at 7,500 down, these are the guys that are, you're starting to get to that. Like, Hmm, this is a, these guys are normally a little bit cheaper than this, but this is kind of still a, a lighter weight tournament. So you're mm-hmm. kind of filling in from here. So of these guys that we have here, I don't love most of them, but, the guys that I might target um, are 
Ventura. I mentioned him. I've been mentioning him a lot. He missed the cut again last week, but when he does play, he, he gets really high when he's when he puts it together. So I think he's a, a nice play for GPPs. Um, the uh, Martin Laird won the Shriners just a couple of weeks ago. He hasn't played since, but obviously winning your last tournament puts you in pretty good form. Good spot. Russell no- Russell Knox is it could be an interesting play. Um, Matt Jones tied for fourth last week, um, striking the ball well. And then, and then the last guy here in this range that I'm going to mention is Scott Piercy. Um, as Piercy, uh, obviously I would have mentioned Higgs, but yeah, I unfortunately he got, yeah, he got on, COVID, man. so we got to skip him. But Piercy, uh, Piercy has been playing well, and it's not just the last tournament. Tied for 14th, tied for 19th. Uh, I actually do think he's he's just a bit underrated. You know, he's a, he's a guy, when he is 6,500, he's one of my, you know, stars and scrubs, scrubs that I target. So he's not technically a scrub here as he's in the 7,000 range, but this could be a nice a nice uh, spot for him. I love it. I love it. And yeah, man, Henry, Henry Higgs, it's just so sad. Just miss that guy so much already. It's only been a week too. It's so sad. Um, so yeah, talk to me a little bit about this, uh, the 7k range. Joel did a pretty good job, but I think there's, he honestly left you most of the guys. So you can talk about pretty much anyone you want at this point. A uh, handful of guys here. I agree. Denny McCarthy is probably uh, uh, underpriced here. So you're, you're definitely getting value at 7,900 on DraftKings. Um, his ownership is high. So you're getting into the area in the 7k range where you really got to beware of bad chalk. There's plenty mm-hmm. of bla- bad chalk in the 7K range, but the way Denny McCarthy has been playing, so he, he was fourth last week. Um, I think he's got like three top tens in his in his last uh, 10 tournaments, which is pretty good for a guy in this range. And by the way, I think he's made nine out of 10 cuts. So you're getting in, into like Adam Shank territory in terms of like a cut maker, a guy that's pretty consistent on them, but, but with upside. Because Shank, mm-hmm. as we talked about last week, he can't seem to find the top 20, yet he makes the cut every time. Well, Teddy McCarthy is a completely different story, and he's a really good putter. And while we normally see regression with the putter, because that just seems like the natural state of things, especially with the putter, mm. um, Denny McCarthy doesn't really seem to fade there. If you look at his strokes gained in the last, let's say, 10 tournaments, there might have been one or two tournaments where he actually lost strokes or he was like right at that kind of zero line. Almost every other tournament, he's like gaining four strokes, gaining two and a half strokes, gaining five. Like it's crazy. So on on greens like this, with you have like the undulating greens and the slopish greens, like you want mm. a guy who's not just good at putting, but knows he's good at putting. Like maybe like a Mackenzie Hughes, who always seems to be like really good with his short game and his putter. I'm not necessarily on Mackenzie Hughes, but he's a good example because he's not really great tee to green, but he somehow finds a way to get the ball in the hole from 40 feet out. So. I really, I really like Denny McCarthy. So I, I normally would say this is kind of bad chalk, but I think this is good chalk here. Harold Varner, I don't mind the ownership percentage too much. I wasn't on him last week at all. Um, I haven't been on him for a couple months, but I actually think I might jump back on now that he's missed the cut. This is the type of course he could win. And like we talked about Hovland um, like 20 minutes ago, mm-hmm. this is the type of tournament that you could see like an HV3 taking down. You know what I mean? Like where like some of the other guys are prepping for the masters and trying to get in good form. All of a sudden HB3 sneaks in there and, you know, wins a tournament or, you know, top five. So I wasn't on him in my write-up, so I'm not going to have a lot of shares of him, but I will have a couple shares because his long iron game is really good. Like he actually fits the mold for this course. Um, let's see. Streelman I'm normally on, but I don't think I'm going to have shares of him. The other guys, I before I get to the guys I like, example of bad chalk, Sam Burns, who does is a course fit, 7,500, pretty decent price, I guess, in spite of the volatility he always has. 16% ownership. 
So there's, he must be getting talked about on a lot of podcasts because mm. that's a ridiculous, like the other guys, if, if we're just looking at the other guys like that are like above and below him, 7%, 1%, 6%, 2%, 5%, 6%, 4.5%, 8%. So like all of a sudden Sam Burns is triple some of those guys. So that, that is the, to me, the definition of bad shock. Now, of course, we can run this clip back when he wins the tournament. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, was it really? But yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be on Sam Burns. I think that's a flat out bad play considering the ownership percentage. The only other guys that I even want to mention, I do want to mention Adam, Adam Schenk. He's made 10 or 11 cuts in a row. So while I normally would suggest, hey, this is kind of a conservative play because he makes the cut, but can't seem to find the top 20 or even the top 25. I can't ignore the fact that he's making the cut uh, over half the field, if not more than half the field, 10, 11 tournaments in a row. So I got to think there's some upside somewhere with this guy making that many cuts in a row. So I'll have him rostered. He's tracking at about 10%, which is pretty high, kind of makes sense. Um, Luke List is only at 5%. I don't have him in my write-up. I don't love his recent form, but he is a course fit, and at 5%, he certainly makes sense. The only other guy in the 7K range that I'll even mention is Sepp Straka. Not in my write-up, but a guy that I think um, can probably take advantage of the par fives, and his recent form is pretty good. So that's hmm. that rounds out the 7K range for me. couple guys that I thought we were going to hear. Mr. Tringal, I didn't hear you guys say oh. his name. Henrik Norlander, oh. I didn't hear no, him. No. Yeah, Norlander I'm not on, but I'm actually okay. – I, I skipped over Tringali. So the thing about him is – I don't think he's a great course fit here. I was heavy on him last week. I thought he was better for last week's course. But with that said, I will have him on some rosters because remember the rule we talked about a week or two ago. If a guy like like Taylor Gooch screwed me like three weeks ago and then he was awesome the next week. If a guy screws you and you love him one week, have some shares of him the next Mm -hmm. week because that just might have been a one-week outlier in your original impression of how his recent form has been or his course fit has been. You know, it's a different course, mind you, but... I'm glad you brought Tringali up because I absolutely he he burned me really bad last week. I had him honestly. I was like so overweight on him; it was ridiculous. Um, it was more of a hunch than anything, to be honest with you. But uh, I will have some shares of Tringali, so I'm glad you brought it up. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, I think. Right? That was a movie. Um, mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah, it was no. definitely a movie. Yeah, the, true, the Hunchback no. of Sia. Sia's yeah, still... a hunchback. Sia has a bad haircut. All right, Joel, talk to me a little bit about the 6K range. I'm sorry, Sia, I didn't, I didn't mean that. I was just, I was frustrated. You're not laughing at my jokes. What do you want me to do at this point? Joel, talk to well, me a little bit about... Have to be funny. <laughs> Michael, that was, that was too far. To I'm sorry. I take it back. We Your hair is It's not as cool as Joel's hair, new haircut that he's had for like three weeks now, but still, <laughs> I, I do apologize. There, I said it. I'm the big man. I'm the big man now. Look at that. Um, <laughs> that's our 7K range. Joel, talk to me. We'll get. We'll let Sia do 6K range last because we got a secret weapon that we're not going to give you, but we're going to get to talk about. Um, but still got to roster some of these dudes in the 6K range. So who you who you uh, who you looking at this week, Joel? Yeah. So I'm gonna if, when I get to this range, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go to the upper echelon, right? The 6500. I think there's a few guys there that I like. When you start getting below 6500 here. There's very little I like. So I, I'm, as much as I can, I'm going to try to avoid below 6,500. So at the top of this range, um, the, so the, the, the guy I probably like the most having to dip down this low um, is Maverick McNeely. Now, he's a guy when I started playing over the summer, was high on my list. He had since kind of cooled off, not much going on. Now looking at him, 
Um, he's got a time for 21 in his last time out, tied for 17th back at Sanderson four weeks ago. He missed the cut at the Shriners, but for the most part, that's pretty consistent, good, recent form for a guy at this price point. So he's the one who I'll target kind of in the 16, $69,000, $6,000 range. Um, another guy to keep on your target, and I apologize if I mispronounce his name, is uh, Bo Hostler. So Bo is more consistency, right? He's made a lot of cuts recently, right? This is a guy who you know, would normally be closer to your minimum price, 6,200, 6,300. He's, he's coming back. Now, he's, I don't think he's going to threaten too much to win the tournament. That's that's probably not him, but he's a guy that's likely going to make the cut and compete. If you get a top 30 out of him, I think at this price, you can you can make some money. So from a profit standpoint, I think he could be a nice target because he's been pretty consistent making cuts. Um, my Probably actually him or, or over McNally, my favorite play in the 6,000 range is Scott Stallings. Scott Stallings, I think, is just not getting the respect he deserves. I think he's a little bit better than this. I mean, it's consistent. This is how they always price him. They're not they're not doing anything different. Um, I just think he deserves to be a little bit higher now. Listen, he's not, you know, he's not a nine thousand dollar golfer, but seventy five hundred, seventy seven hundred, something like that, I think would be would be right for him. So I think we're getting a bit of a discount on Scott. Uh Epermuda tied for twenty sixth. He has a tied for sixth at Sanderson. And and keep in mind, like those fields maybe a little bit worse than this one, but they're more similar. Those are the fields that he does well. Eliminate your your Rory's, your Bryson's. There's still a couple of those guys in this field, but not all of them. I think this that's a spot where he where he can shine. Um, going down off of that, I'll mention if you guys. I really don't love this range. I, I, there's not too many guys I'm going to be too heavy on, but the guys that I'll mention are Rory Sabatini. So Sabatini hasn't been playing all that much which I think is why his price is down here, because I think in a normal course, especially when it's that's lightweight, he'd be much higher priced. So I think it's just we haven't seen him as often, so maybe he's forgotten about. But I think we're just getting a discount. And, and when he has gone out there um, on his last few um, outings, uh, his recent form has been pretty good. So I see no reason to go away from him. He's tied for 12th at Sanderson, which was also a weaker field. Um, so I think he, he's just a better golfer than the price is giving him credit for. Austin Cook as well. Um, I'll mention Mark Hubbard. I would have originally said Pat Perez, but there's a lot of question marks around him right now. So because of the question marks, I don't want to be too heavy on him. If you want to throw him in a lineup or two, um, you know, to get different, because you would think his ownership is going to be low, then I think that's a that's a certainly fair play. Um, Adam Long is is always a guy that's consistently like a sleeper play in the six thousand. So there's a reason I think this week is he'll he'll continue to do that, especially in a slightly weaker field. Uh, we've been mentioning every week Hogue. So if he's another guy you want to take a shot on, he, he doesn't have anything too high. But he, I think he's probably more of a showdown play than a full week play. But maybe someone to, to put your, your, put on your radar. And then um, um, I like Charles Schwartzel. I think you know his form hasn't been good. I think he's just overall a good golfer. So um, you know at this price, it's pretty dirt cheap. If you want to throw him into some of your GPPs, he'd be a nice way to round that out. Um, if you guys remember, and I, you know, I, I just, I know he, he took in a while off. You guys remember Francisco Molinari? I just so saw him. I just saw that, and I was like, well, what? Where's this guy been? Turns out he's had one event since the restart. That's pretty crazy. It's crazy. He's only played once. Uh, he's been. He was really low priced then. I remember we saw him then, and I was like, hmm, do I play him? Like he hasn't really done much, and now it's kind of the same. He didn't do great in the last event, but if you recall, he was he was awesome like a few years ago. So. You know he has the potential to do really well. There's no form right now that says so, but if you want to be different and throw him in a lineup during GPPs, I think that's completely fair. Um, if you want to take a shot on a Brian Gay or a 
as uh, CL likes to make fun of me for, or Ryan Armour. And they both did really well last mm-hmm. week. So um, I think, you know, there's guys that recent form you can target at a really low price. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I, I would want, if you can, I would try and avoid getting this low as much as you can and try and be high sixes at least up mm-hmm. to the top. I like that. Uh, see a quick question on Molinari. Yes, last time I remember seeing him, he choked away the Masters. I don't remember about if you guys what you guys last remember too. But do you have his ownership percentage? Because that big of a name, that low, I feel like whether or not he's played three or four events this entire year and pretty much missed the cut on all of them, he's gonna get a little bit of run, right? What do you have his uh, percentages in front of you by any chance? I do. Yeah, and. Um... I can't decide if I'm even going to have him on one team because he just has been so bad. He he missed the cut at the Shriners as well. Mm-hmm. When you know, he, by the way, he was really cheaply priced at the Shriners too. So I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people put him in their lineup, being like, "Hey, this is a big name with with some upside." But uh, it's it's tracking at about two percent, so okay. it's it's, so it's it's pretty low. Yeah, that's whatever. You can put him in one lineup potentially because again, I mean, last time I remember seeing this guy, I was like, "What two Masters ago?" And he choked the whole thing away. Or was that that wasn't the last Masters, was it? I don't think so. No. Who won last year? Don't recall. Damn. That's some good radio. All right, Sia. Uh, $6,000 range. Uh, we will have Sia's secret weapon, as coined by our good, incredible writer, Steven, at Sicily Kid up here in the Discord. The only place you can find that Sia's secret weapon is in that Discord that I have mentioned a few times. And I'll mention it one more time for the people in the back. windailysportscom backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert Discord chat, but you get everything. You get NFL. You get to talk about baseball. I think we're doing that. Timeout. Timeout. Guys, that was that was bad. We forgot who won the Masters last year. Tiger. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was that one. That's what I thought. It That's was, what I was yeah. thinking. But you guys told me that wasn't the last one. I'm not the golf guy here. You guys are the golf guy. What is this shit? Get me out of here. So the last time I remember seeing him was the last Masters. I said, wasn't it Tiger? And you guys said no. Okay, I, I we, we could check the tape. We have receipts. It's been live. Anybody in the chat, make sure you know I had it right. Uh, but yeah, that's when Molinari just kind of shit the bed. And uh, so did Brooks too. I think he, what, he missed a putt on 17 or 18. That kind of like if he hit it, probably would have went to uh playoff. So that was sad. But anyway, see a secret weapon windailysports.com backslash chat get it in the expert discord chat you can hang out with us talk nfl esports nba mlb really whatever you want we're we're all there all the time so it's actually kind of a blast but see ya outside of your secret weapon of course where else are you looking in the 6k range um i'll be quick i just have a few guys that i like here much like joel i'm not going to be speculating too much here i also like uh scott stallings 26 last week, he's in pretty good form, but he, he's been in good form. And I agree that Stallings is one of those guys. Listen, I, I've rostered him and he's completely blown up. So that's what you get in the 6K range to some degree. But this is a guy that if he was 7,400, I wouldn't be surprised. So I think there's value in rostering him. He's he's under 5%, which actually makes him kind of popular in this range. But I'm, I'm just pointing that out. Not like you, you wouldn't roster him because he's 5%. I'm just kind of saying, hey, other people are paying attention to him as well. Um I have another guy in this range that I'm going to save for the secret weapon because I think I might have already. Normally, I decide like Wednesday afternoon, mm-hmm. and then I go into Discord Wednesday evening and, and and put it out there. But I think I might have decided, so I'm going to skip over this person for now. You know, I, I like I like Tom Hogue. You know, being a shorter hitter, just like Ryan Armour, I'm not sure. You know, if I know a guy's not really going to be able to take advantage of the par fives, I'm I'm 
not going to be out on him, but I'm not exactly excited to to roster him. So, you know, I'm already I'm already rostering Stuart Sink, which is sort of one of those mm-hmm. guys. So uh, I probably won't be on those guys. I do think Charles Schwartzel has some upside, also has some blow up potential, of course. Um, Hudson Swafford at 6,500, I think is interesting. Um, he's been in, you know, decent recent form. And another short hitter that I just want to talk about because he's so cheap. Um, you know, he's good with his irons, but he's a very short hitter. So, you know, we'll see what this course, you know, produces uh, with short hitters relative to longer hitters. Um, but Michael Thompson at 6,300 uh, is, you know, is a half a percent ownership, but he's a guy that's like very solid with his irons. And, and if this course, ends up sort of catering if this par par 72 i think it's around 7400 yards but if it ends up catering a little bit more to shorter hitters than we think then uh, michael thompson at 6300 could you know somewhere be in the top 25 somewhere on on saturday or sunday so i think at 6300 it's worth considering something to consider and see a secret weapon just in case everybody weren't um totally aware it's under 7k so anywhere in the 6k range under 5% owns. We really want to make sure we're giving you some really good leverage like our friend Steven always talks about, especially if you're in that Millie Maker, if you can find a couple of those dudes that are a little bit less owned, way less owned at a way lower price that always make the cut. I think C has missed two all year and one of them was at a no-cut event. How'd that happen? No, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so make sure to pay attention to Sia's secret weapon in the Discord chat. And I was looking it up while you were talking, Sia, because I was kind of curious. Francisco Molinari, 225 to one. Sounds like a dollar bet to me, gentlemen. Sounds like a dollar bet to me. So let's get into it. Obviously, we like the DFS portion, but the other thing we really like to do, we want to give you some outrights. Also, in that Discord is where Sia loves to talk about matchup plays. We like to kind of, he likes to feel out the field a little bit to really see where he wants to put his money. So make sure you're in there for that. And as I said before, Joel likes to put his showdown information in there as well. That's where we like to make a little bit of money too. But we have our betting. We're going to give you some outrights. We're going to give you some first round leaders. Joel's probably going to give us like a top 40 because for some reason he just loves to do that. So I'm kind of curious. Francisco Molinari plus 188 and plus Henry Higgs also plus 188. And he's not even in the field anymore, which is pretty disappointing for the top 40. So Sia, let's start with you. Who are some outrights for the Houston Open? All right. I've got five for you. Um, we've talked about all five. I'll start with Doc Redmond at 50 to one. As everybody knows, we don't, we don't really give favorites out. We give, you know, 30 to one or higher. So I'll start at 50, uh, Doc Redmond, 50 to one, Stuart Sink at 70 to one. Um, Denny McCarthy at 80 to one, I I think is like legitimate value. That's one of those things where I think, I think on Sunday, you know, you can start thinking about like maybe hedging your Denny McCarthy bet because he's, he's like number, you know, he's, he's third and you can, you know, Mm -hmm. Think about putting money on the other guys that are that are contending with him. James Hahn at ninety to one. Listen, I I just can't deny I can't like not see the the three top tens in the last three tournaments. So it clearly something has changed because like he's never done that in his entire life. But if that change continues to progress to a a first place finish, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, so at ninety to one, I think you're getting value there. And then I got to go with the guy that screwed me last week, like we talked about. Thank you for reminding me, mm-hmm. Cameron Trincali at one hundred and ten to one. Another relatively short hitter, but again, you know, we, we're not entirely sure how these short hitters are going to fare on this course with the the five par fives. They can certainly make up for it with good approach shots or good shots on the par threes, I should say. So um, Tringali at one hundred and ten to one uh, makes sense from a value standpoint dollar bets all around and one interesting note looking at james hahn here as you said three top tens in a row plus 650 for him to get that fourth i mean that's 
that's like a major, major upset in soccer, right? <laughs> like I've been betting a lot on soccer. It turns out it's really easy. If you guys aren't doing it, come hang out with the soccer chat uh, because it's an absolute joke. Honestly, you just take whoever <laughs> has the best odds. You put four of them in a parlay and you win like eight out of 10 times. It's insane. But um, yeah, plus 650. I mean, that's like a major upset. That's like the Warriors losing in the second round, right? Like that's kind of like how big three top tens in a row. That's 10 bucks. Screw it. Turn yeah, it and, and I don't have the top 40 bet option um, that Joel talks about a decent amount, but top, you know, top 20, most people have. So that would be, I'm, I assume that's plus three, you know, 25 or something. 300 so that would, plus, plus 300. 300. Mm-hmm. So that would be another, you know, decent bet to make if, if um, you wanted to throw something on Han. Uh, I have to, now I'm obligated to look at his, uh, plus uh, top 40. I can't find it. Uh, I'll find that though. I promise I will absolutely get you that. It looks like it might actually be minus money. So no fun in that. Um, all right. So let's talk, uh, outrights Joel, who you got this week? Yeah. So my biggest advice this week and same concept as I was saying for, for DFS is, um, two things. One, my advice this week is to play a little bit more conservative plays. So, um, shorter odds, maybe it's top 20s, top 40s to build your bankroll to hammer next week. Cause next week is where the only action is and that's where you want to be. So don't lose a bunch of long shots this week, lose all your money and then only have the same units to spend next week. Try and save units, you know, build it up so that you can do double units next week at the Masters because that's where it's going to be more calculated too. Like, I don't even know. Like we all know Brooks, you know, Brooks is going to be show up at the masters. Who knows if he even shows up here, Like right? That's the type of thing. It's hard to tell. So that that's kind of my mentality on, on betting this week. With that being said, I am going to throw a few shekels out there and the guys that I will be targeting. Um, my first thing, I think it's just a good value. I, I like Sabatini at 160 to one to win the tournament. I think he's just getting a little bit overlooked here. I think you're getting really good odds on a, on a pretty good golfer. Um, I like Matthew Naismith at a 150 to one. Um, he's a guy I like. His form had fallen off for a while, but it seems to be on the upswing. So if you're getting a guy on the upswing at 151, I think that could be a nice uh, fine and, and value add there. Um, there was two more guys I'm going to mention scrolling up to find their odds here. One second. Control F, um, and then you can type in their last name and find it. Much quicker. Wyndham Clark uh-huh. uh, is 75 to one. Um, like I said, his form is great. He's, he's been playing really well. So he's a guy that I definitely want to target this week. Um, I think at 75 to 1, you're getting pretty good odds. For him, it's a little worse than he normally would be. I think in a typical tournament, you'd probably get him at 100 to 150 to 1. Uh, but I think stars are aligning. The field's a little bit weaker. His form is really strong. If there is a spot where a guy like him comes through and wins, it's one like this. So even though, yeah, you're, you're losing a bit of value on him, I think he is a, a good guy to, to potentially target. Well, would you? I thought you had two more. I'm sorry, just one. Well, I can sit. No, well, my last play for for this week is is just going to be a guy that's not as big of an underdog. So if you want to go for targeting someone who is more of the top echelon, um, I think my favorite play to go after is Russell Henley. Um, you know, he's a similar kind of vibe and concept where he normally isn't this good at odds. He, in a normal week, he's a little bit lower, but again, we're getting that perfect storm of uh, his form is really good. He's trending in the right direction, um, and so there's a reason why his odds are that high. And uh, I will say one more thing. Victor Hoffman's an interesting one to to target. I did just do a quick search. Um, it's, it's really weird. So what, what, what I read earlier was there's a handful of, like, no-brainer guys that aren't invited to the Masters because they didn't qualify 
at the time when the Masters was supposed to happen. So even though they would have easily qualified now, their mm-hmm. tournament's being strict about it because then it opens up every tournament since then. If you've won, you're then qualified. So that's going to add a whole lot of people, which they don't want to do. So they're not inviting Berger. They're not inviting Hovland. They're not inviting Harris, um, which are no, p- pretty normal big names. So with that being said, maybe it isn't a spot where, you know, Hovland wants to say, you know, F you to the committee and, and win this tournament and show you should have let me in because I would have mm-hmm. been coming or not. So there's a storyline maybe you want, you might want to think about. I like that storyline a lot. Come in here, take it out, put it on the table, make you look at it and uh, <laughs> win you a bunch of money. I like all of that. All right. So now we're going to get to the fun part. And I have an extra added twist for you gentlemen this week. You ready? Let's do it. Thursday is my birthday. So oh, wow. one of you has to give me a bet to win a bunch of money because I promise you I will put more than a dollar on one of these bets. On all of them, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But Thursday is my birthday. We tried to win last week for Joel or two weeks ago. Didn't quite work. But you did break some news, Sia. It was wrong again. So I'm really curious to see who's breaking the news this week. But just wanted to throw that out there. So a little added pressure because you've been decimating my bankroll because I did not take like the two times that you won. Um so I haven't won a single dollar on golf this year. But anyway, Sia, we will start with you. Who am I winning money on my birthday first round leader for the Houston Open? Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Are you ready? Okay, so ready? I'm going to break some news in a second. But let me give you a few okay. plays I like for first round leader. Okay. Doc, Redmond, Doc Redmond at 50 to 1 is is actually like pretty awesome value. I really like that play. Um, Cam Davis, 66 to 1. I, I like that. James Hahn at 70 to 1. Kevin Chapel at 100 to 1 going to the chapel and Michael just got married. And breaking news, this is nobody's heard this yet. Like mm-hmm. this is like literally breaking right now at 9:06 p.m. on Tuesday. It's not election related. Yeah, we don't have a president yet. Don't worry guys. The breaking news is that your first round leader for the Houston Open is Scott Stallings 90 Ooh. to 1. Oh yeah, America. That is a $2 bet just waiting to happen. My DraftKings account is going to be him. so excited with me. My goodness. Scott Stallings, you said, correct? Yeah. Stallings and Redmond are my favorite two first-round leader bets. 90 to 1 and 50 to 1, respectively. I love it. Um. All right. See ya? Nope. We did see ya. Joel, how are yeah. you going to make me money on my birthday? I'm going to give you two plays, a long shot and a uh, more favorite shot. Okay. Um. The long shot is actually going to be the same odds as this. So we're going back to 90 to one different golfer, but same odds. Um, you know, I, I really like, I know I've, I mentioned him a lot today. I really like Matthew Naismith this week. I think, uh, I think this could be a good spot for him. His form is there. Um, he's a guy who I do normally like golf in this. So I do tend to lean toward him. Uh, but I think this is a spot where it, I think things are coming together for him. So, for a first round leader, I think he can come out really hot and, and 90 to one. We're getting some really good value for him. Um, and then if you want for more of a more favorite, it's more of the expected to get there. Um, I'm going to go Wyndham Clark at, at 66 to one. So um, I think Naismith and Wyndham Clark, I categorize together. They're kind of similar guys. I think Wyndham Clark is just a little bit better. Um, so uh, I think either one would be a nice play this week. Wyndham Clark and Matthew Naismith, you said? I'm yep. literally putting these bets in as we are doing this. And you, uh, your other one, Sia, it was Denny McCarthy, right? That's who he liked, first round leader? It was Doc Redman. Doc Redman, I apologize. No love I for do. HV3. I do this. like Denny. Yeah. 
I do like Denny. I think that's a decent play. I, I could only pick five, and I wanted to fit a couple long shots in there. But I think if you were going to add a sixth, I think Denny McCarthy would definitely be the play. Here's actually something pretty interesting, too. Uh, I don't remember seeing this, but you can actually do top 10 after round one and top 20 after round one on DraftKings. For some reason, yeah. I don't remember seeing that. And that's uh, that sounds like fun, too. Dustin Johnson, top 20 after round one is plus 130. That's weird, right? Um, plus one thirty, top twenty. Yeah, you're, that's that's pretty solid. That those are solid. good. You're right. That's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Tony Finau plus two hundred. Russell Henley, we love him so much. Top twenty. Keep, plus keep this thought. Keep this thought in mind, which is, I still like that. But the one thought in mind, which is maybe why you get those eyes are so good, is what often happens with round one is you'll have fifteen guys tied for fifth. That's true. And so he'll end up being you know twenty fifth, but be two strokes back. Mm-hmm. And so you won't win because he's right there. He's just 15 guys are tied for fifth place. And so that's where he kind of falls out. Great point. Great point, Joel. And that's why we bring you on this show. So that is it. That is our breakdown of the Houston Open. Uh, it is 9.09 p.m. in America. You do not have a president yet. So we tried. We really did our best. We made this show a little bit longer for you to give you something to pay attention to. But Jesus Christ, enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, Sia, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me in Discord uh, at windailysports.com. Download Discord, the expert chat. I'll be in there tomorrow night for sure after our NFL live stream. And mm-hmm. on Twitter at Sia Najad or now on Instagram at Sia Najad Sports. Sports. Huh? Sia, Sia Najad Sports. Finger right. guns. Finger cool. guns. This is cool. cool kids, right? Hello, fellow children. Um, Joel, where can everybody find you? We got the guy with the mustache doing the guns, talking about children, guys. We're, yeah. This is a safe, this is a safe do, you have, do you have candy too, sir? I ate it all from Halloween. I ate it all. That's probably best. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys can find me at Draftmaster Flex um, on everywhere. I'll be on Discord. I'll be in uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and, and uh, we're gonna make some money. And on TikTok, you can definitely find Joel on TikTok. You can find me at Michael Raziel One. You can find us at Windelli Sports. One more time, windellysports.com backslash chat. You get see a secret weapon. You get seven free days in the expert chat. You get to ask Nick all the questions you want about NFL. Inundate him with questions. He loves, loves, loves showdowns. Tell him I sent you, and he will appreciate that. Uh, Zach wants to know, where can we donate to the mustache? Great question, Zach. Um, there's a lot of great causes out there, and I think any of them that you want to, you can donate to. I do this because I love it. Uh, does that make me a bad person that I kind of do it during November? I don't even understand the question. Perfect. Awesome. So it's a no. That's, I think, I, I'm still a good person. But yes, Zach, any prostate cancer awareness fund, foundation, whatever you feel like, there's a million of them out there. I don't know them all. If you have one that you like, make sure to go do that because this mustache is pretty killer. For Sia, for Joel, for the Windelli Sports family, we appreciate you all. Good luck on this wonderful, wonderful Tuesday. I think it's the election. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, probably won't find out who our president is till next Tuesday, and we'll probably break the news then, right, CSO? Yeah. For the rest of the Wendelli Sports family, we love you all, and we hope you make it a very profitable Houston Open. <laughs>